This podcast and the many that follow are proudly brought to you by our partner, Titleist, the number one ball in golf. Now, as it relates to earning an edge, our friends at Titleist have been the leaders since the early 1900s. And in order to compete and win at the highest level, frankly, there's no room for second best. For this reason, the best players in the world trust Titleist. Welcome back to the Earn Your Edge podcast. I am Corey Lumberg from Altus Performance. And this week, Cameron and I are joined by Web.com players Harry Higgs, Austin Smotherman, and Matt Gilchrist, who also happen to be Altus clients. And we had this discussion with them shortly after they wrapped up their year on the PGA Tour Latino America, where each of them finished in the top 10. And Harry actually won the Order of Merit. And that earned each of them uh, varying degrees of status this year on the Web.com. And we're excited to have them on for a variety of reasons, but mostly because throughout the year they would come back to see us in Dallas in between events and they always had entertaining stories for us about their most recent adventure and all that comes along with playing professional golf in Latin America. We kept saying we've got to get this on a podcast. They, they experienced some very unique circumstances as they traveled around to 15 different countries throughout the year and while these guys are, are chasing their dream of professional golf and, and really enjoying that opportunity, it certainly lacks a lot of the glamour that you may may associate with golf on the PGA Tour. And hopefully this chat also shines a light on the really great play that exists on these tours and the opportunity that it provides. We're super proud of the guys for their seasons last year and the good starts to 2019 and pumped to provide a platform to share some of their tales of golf south of the border. You'll get to hear some of the unique set of, of challenges and obstacles that, that they face. And it's really fascinating to hear the guys describe how they overcame those challenges and I think it, it provides a great lesson on how to reframe and turn obstacles on their head and, and make it into a positive. And, and this was a really fun chat with a lot of entertaining stories, but also some of those important edge earners being shared. So with that said, please enjoy our chat with Harry Higgs, Austin Smotherman, and Matt Gilchrist. So we're going to share the mics around and have a, a big download on the many nuances of mini tour golf, the lessons learned, the sticky situations hopefully they found themselves in and how they earned their edge to achieve this success in 2018. But first, we're going to let each of you do your own introduction, starting with Austin. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Just a little brief background. So I am 24 years old. I grew up in Sacramento, just outside Sacramento, Loomis, California. And got recruited to come play college golf at SMU in Dallas, Texas, which led me to meet Cameron and Corey and uh, spent the last two years after turning pro in 2016 on the Latin America tour. Two failed second stage web.com Q schools, but led me to this uh, this awesome journey. So I'll move it on to uh, Harry. Yeah, Harry Higgs. I am now 27, much like Austin. I came to Dallas in 2010, 2010 to 14 at SMU. Had started with Cam, now with Corey. Fired Cam. <laughs> Didn't really fire, just kind of just kind of worked my way off of them. Uh, it's a it's a team effort for sure. But now from Kansas City originally, now here in Dallas, enjoying the warmer weather sometimes. And uh, much like Austin, I've and more so than the two of these guys because I'm older. I have had a little bit more of the mini tour experience, the Latin America experience, and it's definitely I would say has seasoned me as it does most everyone that goes through it. So looking forward to playing the web.com tour next year and hopefully having another great year and getting to the PGA tour. What's up guys. My name is Matt Gilchrist. Uh, I'm 23 from uh, South Lake, Texas, pretty close to where we are here in Dallas. Uh, grew up in South Lake mostly my whole life, went to uh, South Lake Carroll high school, then got recruited to play 
collegiate golf at Auburn University in Alabama. Uh, spent four years doing that and then finished in 2017, played the McKenzie Tour in Canada for a summer, and then played PGA Tour Latino America this last year. Okay, so we, we know a little bit about each of you now, or the listeners do. We know a lot about you guys. And I think just a starting point that would be an interesting place for us to kind of kick off the conversation. A lot of people don't really understand what it is that you guys have done for at least the last year in the Latin America Tour. They may be familiar that there is a, a PGA kind of tour down in that area, that part of the world. But if you could kind of paint a little bit of a picture, what would people be most surprised to learn that you guys kind of was part of the experience of being down in that part of the country, having to adapt to different golf courses, travel to different countries, eat some different food, just kind of paint us a little bit of a picture to start the conversation. Yeah. So it's, I mean, a PGA tour sanctioned tour. So we get rules officials from the PGA tour. We get um, players from all over the world. Uh, I mean, fields of 144 players, National Opens, local, you know, um, the Guatemalan Open, Honduras Open, pretty cool spots that we have Monday qualifiers just like anyone else. And, uh, you know, the fields fill up with probably 60% Americans now, which the tour has grown more popular. And uh, obviously us three being American, but some of our best friends are Colombian now, which we finished inside the top 10 with a couple other Latino America players and Europeans are down there. And then, you know, you meet some local cool businessmen that are playing in pro-ams on Wednesdays and it's, it's pretty fun. And just a bit of perspective on top of that, one or a combination or several of the events were Victor right of entry in the British Open, were they not? The yeah. Open Championship? One, yeah. Argentine Open. Yeah. yeah. So you're I playing mean, for stakes. You're playing for graduation. You're playing for spots in major championships. Yeah. Harry? Harry? You finished like third in that event? I finished second there. <laughs> second. Yeah. Yeah. Felt like right. I was going to win that one from the I moment. I would say I really feel like I'm, I really feel like I'm the, like the the guy that will hopefully win British Opens. I think it's just made for me. I mean, I'm going to have to, at some maybe, point, I'm going to have to maybe, beat these two guys too. So I didn't quite get into it. Uh, Isidro Benitez from Mexico played some phenomenal golf, and I'm looking forward to following him along next year. Hopefully he continues that play, and hopefully he wins the British, and then one of the three of us find our way in, and we fight for it with him. So Lovely. Yeah. No, I mean, my experience in Latin America, I did 2015 and this year, it's just like you go to Quito, Ecuador, and it's 9,500 feet in the air, and the hardest part of the whole week, not, I mean, the how far the ball goes is a total adjustment, but for me, it was like breathing, and when you laid down to go to sleep, that was the toughest Headaches. part. Like You feel <laughs> like you are 10,000 feet in the air laying down on a bed. It's just, yeah, you can't, there's no, you try to drink as little as possible, but on Sunday when you're having, when you finish and have fun, but you can't do that there. You have to drink a ton of water. You have to find a way to you not have the leading edge dig too much in the Kikuyas so where the ball can actually go up in the air and go as far as it's supposed to. Well, I, I struggle with altitude all to, year. To add to that, the, the, I've been there two times now, and each week I've added a degree and a half to like two degrees of loft to my driver. Oh, yeah, you just Just because... Them. I was spinning it low and it's too beneficial not to carry it an extra 30 out there Yeah, and you can carry ponds at 300 and it feels great. And I mean, I'd love to have grown up in Quito. So, yeah. <laughs> and Matt, yeah, I think one thing that's interesting is, you know, I played golf at, uh, in Alabama being from Texas and just geographically different kinds of grass and trees. And I don't think people realize how far Argentina and Brazil are from America just geographically different kinds of grass and so trees far. and weather and humidity, all kinds of stuff. Even to take a step back from that, when I play tournaments here in the States, it's just all about golf. 
when I'm done with the round, I think about golf. Before I think about golf, thinking about golf when I'm going to bed. We always frame it as just a tournament, but when you're there, you have to have to do life like they do there. Sometimes in Argentina, dinner is a two or three hour event. Sometimes it puts you in bed at 11.30. You have an early tea time. And in Argentina, dinner starts at 10 p.m. And so you have to consider the way of life with how you're playing golf and part of your plan for the week that you don't have to do here. Here, you just finish. You could get dinner in five minutes in the state too, and now, you're, now your day's back on, on track for the tournament, and we don't have that there. And I, I think that's a good thing if you're playing well or if you're playing bad week in and week out because it either makes you take your mind off of it or you're playing well and let's say you're you know sleeping on the lead and you got to come back, but you got to do so many other things that you kind of learn the routine of how to get yourself out of that golf, golf mode, check out and come back and then kind of refocus even deeper the next day. Right on. I want to unpack a little bit more of that here in just a little bit, the ability to unplug and kind of immerse yourself into the culture of the country you're in. But in terms of like, understanding the hardest things to adapt to playing the PGA Tour Latin America. Was it caddies? Was it language? Was it, as Harry expressed, elevation? Was it the diarrhea and the mid-round underwear change? Or it was a combination <laughs> of all of those things? Yeah, I, I played in 2015. I played with a, with multiple rolls of toilet paper in my golf bag. <laughs> there, was a, there was a Porter John off like the 12th hole. And I did not feel well that week. Thankfully, I didn't have to use it. But yeah, there there are some horror stories. I don't think either one if, of the three of us need, have experienced them. If you need them. any We've pills or medication, you ask Harry. Well, yeah, we we just the three of us just finished the Cozumel Cup, uh, the top ten from Latin America versus the top ten from Canada, all inclusive resort in Mexico, and at least one Canadian for sure missed the pro am. And <laughs> at the end of the week, there were I mean girlfriends and other guys. There were probably close to six to eight that had some intestinal issues Bobby and <laughs> all of the Latin America guys, everybody associated with Canada got sick. Every single one. <laughs> and even some of, see, even some of our guys Tyson took a, very t- little. took a head round. Um, but yeah, we, we all, they come to us for the pills. Like we had, yeah. we had the experience and it's not to knock. It's just, it's just, everything is so different there. The, the water, the food, what it might be prepared with. I mean, that's just another element, let alone the golf, the trying to fit all your luggage in an Uber to get from the airport to the hotel or trying to pack enough guys in to make it affordable in a rental car and then trying to find guys that can drive stick, that the rental cars are, rental cars are all a stick shift. I've never had to do that. So it's, it's a countless laundry list of things that probably you don't, you, you definitely in the States don't ever think you will need to, to, to find a way to deal with it. But in Latin America, it happens almost daily. I got in such a habit of only drinking things out of bottles. I went almost the entire summer off season. It's about three months almost. And I realized two months through that I was still only drinking things out of bottles here in the States, just out of habit. So let's take a quick break in the action to recognize one of our partners, Under Armour. It's Under Armour's mission to make all athletes better through passion, design, and the relentless pursuit of innovation. And that ethos or mission statement couldn't be more aligned with the Earn Your Edge podcast. We're thankful to be powered by Under Armour. So outside of just like the travel, and there's obviously all those things that you have to adapt to and the cultures and going to different countries, like what about the golf? Because I remember like, Harry, we've had conversations of, or, or others, 
just the facilities. Like if I want to practice certain ways, like, Hey, I want you to hit some balls. I want you to work on this. I want you to go do some distance wedge work. And then hear feedback being, well, you should see the range balls that I would have access to. And I can't do that. Teeing up every shot I hit. Yeah, exactly. So speak to a little bit to the Matt, if you could, the uh, kind of obstacles that different types of facilities would, would present with regards to just keeping your game, you know, in shape. Can I, can I add something to that question though? I'd like to know how that made you better. I think the three of us found ways to some way, somehow individually get an advantage from that, knowing that 100%. I mean, probably some weeks, 90% of the guys are all they're doing is complaining about that. And I had weeks where I complained about it and played poorly because of it. But I think the three of us found ways to make that an advantage in a way individually. Yeah, no, a few tidbits in a story. The first tournament of the year in Guatemala, I noticed on the second day, it was the first tournament of the year. I barely knew anybody on this tour. And through two days, just people I knew had broken six different golf clubs because of the range balls. So now part of the tournament becomes preserving the equipment. That's not normal. That's not part of golf. <laughs> and fast well, forward. With 14 clubs. Fast yeah. forward seven events. And I'm at a lesson with Cam. And I said, Cam, we have to practice something that I've never practiced. And he said, what is that? I said, we have to find a way to hit balls out of the bunker with no sand. It's happening so frequently that we started, we had a lesson. We took the rake of the bunker and brushed away all the sand and worked on how to hit these shots. And sure enough, right before Ecuador, the way they do bunkers there is there's no sand. It's just dirt that they were properly maintained. That's how they play golf. And so we had we just had to factor things like that in. One more thing I think of is out of our 17 tournaments, there were probably three that had a practice chipping green. I just decided for the year I was going to practice chipping the most, chipping, pitching sand, because there's almost never a chance to practice that. If you play three weeks in a row, you're going to go 20, 20, 21, 22 days without practicing your short game, and all that stuff shows up. So I started framing my practice here in the States around expected conditions of what I had seen so far. And I think if going forward for the web next year, we can't really, that's something we have to take with us because, you know, we have the same conditions. We know they're probably going to be better majority of the year, if not a hundred times better. And We can't underwrite, you know, how important that is to kind of predict what's coming up, prepare for it, get ready for it, even though we know it's going to be better overall quality than what we had in the last year or so. Yeah, you still find a way to use it as a a little edge, a little advantage. Uh, Nothing against any of the tournaments in Latin America, obviously, but it's just, it's very different. I mean, Tijuana, where Austin won, I I think I I teed up almost every every shot I hit on that range because it was just... It was sand-based, and it, the majority of it was sand, and it was on a downslope, and you can't hit driver. I mean, the, I remember going to Tijuana in the first holes, like I changed par five into a par four. It's four hundred ninety yards, five hundred yeah. yards. So, and it's a tight drive. Like apartments you need, on the apartments right, right, and trees left where you're making bogey. And, and the only practice I had with my driver was hitting a tee shot, fifteen four feet. feet in front of me. It hits a net and it falls down. So I'm like, huh. Eh. Hope this is right. Hope this is the right one. Well, and that week as well, the uh, Wednesday Pro-Am is going on. I'm hitting the ball terrible. And uh, so I'm going to hit some balls after the round. And, uh, of course, I'm hitting my favorite 8-iron. And the 8-iron head flies off into the middle of the range. (laughs) And, I mean, the one week it might have been okay because I could have probably driven across the border. But going across the border there and back, going to TaylorMade, getting an 8-iron, reshafted, coming back. 
I just said, you know Mass what? Sporty. It's hard nines and easy sevens. <laughs> the rest of the I week. still won a golf tournament this year. And, <laughs> and I, I ended up winning by four, and I probably yeah, had just num- number dominated. ten. Number ten par three there is a perfect eight iron every, every day. single day. <laughs> <laughs> so I hit nine to I the front edge. So I hit nine to the front edge on the front yeah. ten, and then just hit these little cutty little sevens. All, it's I all burned that all twice. It was an eight iron. Talk about a skill set and a measure of confidence that you can take with you. I can win a golf tournament with less than fourteen clubs. You can see it. I like. Our inner, I was fortunate enough to play well. Like you could see, he wasn't using that as a ho hum whammy. It was like, I'm going to beat these guys with 13, and then maybe next week I'll take another one out. And I, beat did, him with I did intentionally think to myself, laying up on the last part, the par four is an iron off the last, and I said anything but 165. <laughs> <laughs> he had a big lead at that point. Continue, so. Continuing on this thematic discussion of turning the obstacle upside down, which is what we've just kind of been unpacking there with some some good humor in there. You're leveling up, which means you're also leveling up in the resources that you have available. If you break a club, you've got the tour van there now there on the web, web.com tour. I'm sure you all have planned who you're going to travel around with and how you're going to get around and who's going to be carrying your bag. How do you navigate that water on the PGA fact that Tour Latin actually, America? The fact that we know, know it all this next year. I mean, caddies. I, I loved my caddies. I feel like I was super lucky this year. I don't know, Matt. Caddies, no good. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I well, yeah. Harry, 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 Harry some, ran the table I almost had, the second half of the year with this one guy because Harry, he was playing so well. To, he just said, "Here you go." I want yeah. you to dig into this because yeah. this was a this was another one of what what Cameron said of turning the obstacle upside down, sure. where there was some issues with how much you could communicate that you ended up finding yeah. a really positive. Yeah, like Austin time. speaks more Spanish than I do, and he definitely si, speaks senor. a lot of golf Spanish, whereas I don't. I speak more golf what is Spanish. Golf Spanish? Is just. Uh, corta, you know, short, uh, loma, lo- viento contra, viento favor. What like you're going to tell wind you is into you. I mean, like it, it was, fuerte. but I just found that, yeah, hit it hard. Like I would, I would grab seven and he knew it was a six, but I'd say fuerte. And it was <laughs> like, and then it's fine. And I, I think for me this year, especially towards the end of the year, I had the same guy over and over and over for the last, I think six or seven weeks. And it was just, like he trusted you could tell he trusted every decision that I made. He only ever said or tried to say if he if he really truly believed it. So for me I could like dominate the our player caddy relationship. And I but in that I could make it as simple as needed. Like it was I'm just pulling seven iron. It was iron. necessary we, we for it to be that know, simple. Yeah. Yeah. And we both know where the seven iron needs to go. It's in whereas a, a web caddy or a, a professional caddy, let's say, or just a caddy. The that moment speaks I pull English. the seven iron, yeah, or a caddy that speaks the language I speak. But even, the moment I pull that seven iron, he's going to be in my ear about where it needs to start, where it needs to go. Like this, the last stretch we had, I pulled seven iron, and it was on me to if there's water right, do not hit it in the water right. This ball's got to be 15 <laughs> feet left. Like at that point, he, he we couldn't communicate any further. It wasn't like I didn't need to. No, we didn't need to. It was unfortunately it was playing good golf, which makes everything easier. Yeah. But you just, hey man, that seven iron's got to go where it's supposed to go. And 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 if it was if it was on me, it was on me. And there were a few times after we got further along that maybe it wasn't seven, maybe it was six, and we kind of would kind of hand motion slash talk back and forth. I see your boy Austin here wants to say something. I, know, I talk too much. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I think I've heard this story a hundred times in the last ten minutes. So yeah. <laughs> it's. It's pretty it's pretty impressive what Harry did this year winning the money list and having such an unbelievable finish to the year and then carrying it into what would have been final stage but he said nope not doing that so um, yeah I'm good 
this this kind of winter break's been fun you know we got we got we're working with cameron and Corey and matt and i are you know we're playing this weekend i think and harry and i are playing sunday so we kind of get to continue this over and probably get a practice round group going on Wednesday or yeah, Tuesday. So, so. so how important was that? Because I imagine that having the three of you guys playing out of the same place and obviously the Trinity commonality. Forest, that is. Yeah, the commonality. Yeah, Trinity Forest. Yeah. That's right. Thank you, too. So, I mean, how, how important you, was that to your travel schedule and, and kind of adapting? Because I imagine being a lone wolf would have been a lot different experience. Well, than this is not this up in after the after Miami press conference, what you said about if you were in the groups behind us and we had come through and there were broken tees on the ground. Oh yeah, we see our Trinity Forest tees on par threes all the time. So I'd almost <laughs> intentionally, I'd almost yeah. intentionally just leave them for can you guys. Can we mix but... in some Altus tees? You know we have Altus tees sure. that we can get. Uh, sure. I haven't been given yeah. any, but... Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I started off the year with Matt asking me, hey, do we have a group of guys that travel out of Dallas together, you know, because we're all on Latin America now. And it turned into, you know, I was like telling Matt, like, hey, everybody comes here for us. I mean, Dallas is awesome. Everybody's catching from the West Coast. Their second leg is out of Dallas or Houston, probably. Guys on the East Coast going to South America probably are going through Miami, but for whatever reason could be going through Dallas. So I'm like, hey, man, sleep in, take the 1030 flight. Guys will be up since five and, you know, they'll catch us in Dallas. So, yeah, you're on the same flights. Then it makes Ubers and taxis once you get down there a lot easier. What lessons do you think you can leave in Latin America? Something we we do not bring back with us. Yeah, you won't bring back do with not you continue. bad memory, experience, or something that really doesn't relate. Golf down there doesn't relate really well to playing at the professional level in America. I like asking difficult questions. Yeah, I like that's the looks in your faces well right now. Well yeah. <laughs> And moving on. Well, no, I, no, I don't want Because, I, I mean, it's, I know where my mind's going. Yeah, yeah, you start. Well, my mind is going to the golf courses. Because there's going to be a difference now in the the type of golf course that you play. Yeah. And, and really, this comes to mind, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Harry, because I know your stats the best. But if I looked at your stats for last year, they are outrageously good. To continue to have that same level of play of greens and regulation of birdie opportunities on the web.com would be like world-class out of this world. And that has to be due to the golf courses that you're playing. So then how do you then either adapt or then change expectations for what you're going to see in the next level? I think, I think it's kind of, I mean, I've heard this in the past of people that grow up on an easier golf course, you know, you see these low numbers all the time. I think that's something that for us coming out of Latin America, I mean, I don't think the golf courses are necessarily that easy. I think, you know, there's a lot of tough ones, tough conditions necessarily because there may be, you know, improper, you know, grass types or whatever it might be. But I mean, the mentality I think can easily be transitioned over to the web.com that these same stats we're capable of. Yeah. The golf courses might not suit it right away. And you're going to have to, but, also, but once we start seeing that, why can't we just keep rolling it in? And I mean, the rough's the rough, but if you're never in the rough, I mean, who cares what the rough's, golf is golf, what the rough's right? like? Yeah. So I think the golf courses aren't too bad. And, uh, you know, you learn, you learn how to play on different grass types week to week, week in and week out. So yeah, just to build even bigger than the golf courses, I think what to take to the next levels, we've kind of touched around it, but just, we can't overemphasize on the Latin tour, how much is on the player on, on the PGA tour, for example, um, sometimes at, let's say a major mental coach, swing coach, physio, tour van, uh, the massage envy trailer I've seen before. You know, when Harry said he can't talk to his caddy, he's not exaggerating. And just like the PGA Tour, they make us have caddies every round, including practice rounds. And so 
it's on us. Like one time in Guatemala this year, all of our tour staff was fantastic. We had a, an auxiliary rules official, barely spoke English. And I had a complicated situation where I needed relief. And I got second in Guatemala. It was significant to my career that I got relief to save a shot to fall from, it would have been second to fourth, that I had to figure out what Spanish and English combination I could use to explain that I needed a drop from this drain over here. And when I practice on the range and I think about having a chance to win, I don't think about practicing that situation. And there are all kinds of little here and there moments where it's on us, where there's no one else to blame it on or to fix our problem for us when the taxi doesn't show up and we have to get there. So we'll, there's no Uber. Okay, let's try Cabify. Okay, now there's not Cabify. There's a taxi. Well, do we have enough paper money? Where can I convert it? There's no breakfast at the hotel. It's not open. Well, there's not stores around here. Well, we can't go in that neighborhood. All kinds of stuff that we don't think about I think at the next level. This whole, everything we keep reverting back to is what we can bring with us. And so the, the question of what lessons would we really not bring with us? I think the whole tour, it was much more positive and, you know, like useful information and situations, all those things and ones that we're going to leave down there. Cause this is what we love doing. Well, I think that has a lot to do with you three as individuals. And, that, and I think that's another yeah, it might yeah, be testament to why us three are, are, someone that are on the web next year. Half the year and finished a hundred. They might have something that they might <laughs> say like, no, no offense to that person. I mean, at times I just kept thinking I would in Latin America, we struggled to get caddies to rake bunkers and we struggled. We posted it. You know, it's the player's responsibility. Every, every it's week not your email and we struggled to get players to have the accountability to do that. And just, and I, I remember a couple of times I got into them and I was in a footprint late and I just kept thinking like, gosh, I can't wait to be off this tour. Like, I can't wait to have a nice, cleanly raked bunker. Or like Matt said, like, I mean, you hit bunker shots. You Don't hit bunker shots. You. Yeah, there's a cold beer. You hit bunker shots this year where it's like off concrete. I mean, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And Guys, you know, you, just, you don't really plan for it, and you don't, you can't hit it into bunkers there. So, but I think the three of us just realized you can't really practice for it. You can't figure out how to do it, so don't hit it there. So, quick question, maybe possibly a, a long answer. I don't mind either way. Let's hear it. Why PGA Tour Latin America? Why not stay in America and play the developmental tours here? Uh, that's easy. If you play almost any mini tour I could think of here in the states, if you win, you are richer, but not necessarily closer to the PGA Tour, and so. We all finished top 10, um, so we all get into final stage. Now, Harry won the money list, and for those that don't know, your exempt status is beyond what you can get at final stage, so you don't even have to play. He didn't skip it. He just was exempt from it. And so... Cheers. Our good- That's the best email I sent. <laughs> you, baby, baby. <laughs> and so when we played well and we got top 10, that moved our careers forward. If we got top 10 on other kind of regional mini tours, it's possible that we'd have less expenses and just have more money. But... It's not going to make us closer to the web.com tour, and we'd have to start farther back on the web.com tour Q school, and just it makes it harder on ourselves to have to advance through more stages. You just eliminate stages of Q school. Top 25 at a it's certain cutoff gets you to second stage. Yeah, you you got you to gotta invest in yourself. And, you got to bet and, on and yourself. And it's belief. I mean, you got to believe and that you gotta, can, you got to graduate off that And you through some things throughout your tournament weeks, but you got to invest in yourself, believe in yourself, and travel and do – and there's – more and more guys going to China now, guys going to Canada. Like it's people are it's not getting any easier and I'm glad we made it off the tour this year. Yes. So hopefully I don't have to go back. Well, as a follow up to that, if you're having to choose, is it just based on, well, I qualified for the Latin America in January, so then I didn't even consider McKinsey, which is has a later Q score yeah, in like For March. me it was that, but then also 
I don't know how long they're going to get away with this, but they have Latin events, web events in Latin America. And the literal first category for those web events in Latin America are the top five, the top for, the five for Latin America. So you do get so I'm ahead better of, I'm ahead, treatment. I'm ahead of past web winners in the Panama, Colombia, Mexico. Yeah. I mean, but, it's but, like you get I – don't, I don't know how they were able to do it, and I want them to continue – because I love Latin America and I want them to do well and I want more guys to go play there. But that you do get you're the two through five in Latin America is better than the two through five in Canada or China just because this year there's three Latin web events, so they will get for sure to play in three. Whereas Canada and China, they're on the outs. It depends on how many other guys sign up. And with our summer break taking place and PJ Tour Canada being contested, we in the top 20 of the money list at the cutoff when Canada starts – will earn some sort of conditional status. We can register for the tour. And from there, we have two or three spots week in and week out for the first Canada events that we were eligible for. So I played two Canada events without going through Q school because I played well in Latin America early. So I basically got the benefits of both tours. If I would have won those two or three events, I could have finished, I could have won that money list and then not even had to go back down the second half of the year. Yeah, I think I'm the only one here that has played full seasons on both. Is that right? Right. Uh, yeah, I've only played three events in Canada. Yes, I played a full season there last summer, and what I picked up on was I wasn't at a stage in my career where I, I could be competitive there, and so uh, I didn't keep my card, and so I tried Latin America there. Q School is just earlier in the year, but having played Latin, having played Canada, they're really different. Canada is more convenient, it's more fun, and it looks like America. I didn't have to worry about uh, safety, whether taxis were legal or not, was this water safe? You know, in Latin America, probably I'm, some of the purest water in the world up there. <laughs> Gla- glacial runoff, you, you got thing, it there. But the one thing I'm excited about, I drink out of every stream I see. You're not drinking water right now, Austin. <laughs> I think the reason that we're all, the reason we all finished top ten is because on Latin, we found a way where other people would wait for those little externalities to go their way. We were proactive and said we're going to solve these regardless. And so I thought we were better suited for Latin because often in Canada, the people that would say, okay, well, I'm going to wait for the rides. I'm going to wait for the tournament where we get to stay at a resort where I can walk to the course. The people that have to wait for that in Canada, you're going to get that 10 out of 12 events. In Latin, you're going to get that three or four out of 17 events. And so the proactive people that decide I'm going to be bigger than the problem and the people that aren't, I'm going to pass, they're better suited for Latin America. Let me piggyback off that. I mean, no truer words have ever been spoken. It's the uh, people that are willing to do the difficult things that ultimately will arrive at a place of success. And we can talk about those successes and they're fun. They're they're somewhat sometimes easy to talk about, but at the same time, we come through the difficult moments. And I'm sure each of you probably has a difficult moment in the season that I'd like to try and explore if possible to hopefully tease out what lessons that you're going to take with you in maybe the possibility that you may face a difficult time in this upcoming web.com season or someone that might be listening who's going through a difficult time in competing at whatever they're competing in needs to live through that experience as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Yeah, so last year, like I said, I, I, I didn't keep my card in Canada. It means I didn't finish in the top 60. And so that was last summer. I, uh, I worked really hard between that summer and this March in uh, 2018, the eight or nine month gap. And at the first event in Guatemala, uh, man, I thought I'd really worked on my game. I thought I was going to play great this season. And out of 144 guys through 17 holes, I was in 138th. And that was really demoralizing. I remember very vividly on the ninth hole, it's incredibly elevated on the side of a mountain. I'm looking out 
hundreds of miles of a volcano. Inside of a volcano. I'm sorry, of an That's active volcano that was yeah. erupting while we were there. Thank you for that. That's not fun. I'm looking at hundreds of miles into the distance, and I'm just thinking, you know, this has been a bad year in a row. Maybe, maybe there are other paths in life that don't run through me playing pro golf. Now, I never seriously thought about quitting, but just somehow in that moment, I just thought, you know, this is pretty hard. Now, I played the next 53 holes, 19 under par, and got second. I changed. Nothing, and that's the point. And so a few things went my way, probably started believing more. A key detail in that story is I was, that was through 17 holes. After the 18th hole, I had 12 minutes until my next tee time because we're making up for a rain delay. So I didn't have time to sit and think about all the mistakes. I changed my putter grip. I changed my swing thought, chipping thought, birdie the first three holes, uh, shot nine under the, the second round. History. Game <laughs> on, boys. I shot nine under the second round with the ball. Yeah, show up 12 minutes before every <laughs> but I tea think, time. I think he said it right there, and I, I had I missed, I think I missed six or maybe seven cuts throughout 17 events. And it's the same thing. Like you, it's same thing as why we go to Latin America. You have to be willing to change or do something new or do something different. And you have to be willing to do that and then still believe in yourself. Yes. Like Matt said, when you bury the first three, you feel like, all right, I'm, I'm back. I can really do this now. But every time I missed a cut, most of the time it was because I was whining about something that was happening in Brazil. I struggled in Brazil. I couldn't do the Portuguese. I had the Spanish town, and then they throw Portuguese at me. I pretty much felt like I was going to miss both cuts. I remember coming back, and Corey's like, what happened? I was like, man, I don't speak enough Portuguese. I mean, and then, uh, and then I went on my nice little run, and... But yeah, you just you have to be willing to change to adapt to any situation. When Matt's standing on that seventeenth tee, I mean, like I don't, yeah, we all think like I don't know if golf's for me. I don't know if I'm good enough to do this. But the overarching thing is, we all know that we're good and we're capable of this. So if we can go back to that as much as possible and be willing to invest in ourselves and better in ourselves and believe in ourselves, then we've got the ability to reach our goals. And I think that with the whole year being as unpredictable as it could have been. We come back here and we have the one thing that's stable week in and week out our off weeks. It's us three again. Nothing changes. We travel on the road. And I think being at Journey Forest, being with these two guys, Cameron and Corey, you know, family, friends that are here. You know, I went to, uh, Matt grew up here. Harry and I went to uh, college here. And, you know, we get that stable base and foundation here at home that we're not kind of always in this limbo zone because we get that we're on the road already. So to kind of wrap up or to maybe even look forward, you look back at the year, all the lessons learned and all the obstacles that you conquered by finishing where you did and now looking forward to what the next peak of the next mountain would be that you're you're hoping to climb to then get to that ultimate goal of PGA Tour and full status there. What are the obstacles that you're anticipating the most right now? And as you look to, because this is the time of year where we really have these conversations of here's what we need to get better at to climb this next rung of the competitive ladder. And I know each of you are working on your own things that are going to help prepare you to do that. But what are you anticipating to be those obstacles to be? And then how are you kind of attacking those? I think it's the kind of the one thing that stands out is probably just a better level of play of the fields. This next year on the web.com tour will be deeper in that. When I start thinking about that, it's just more people that I can, hopefully beat and prove to myself I can beat even more guys. I can beat a deeper field. We're still going to, I mean, we're still going to Colombia, Panama, Mexico. So we, I mean, Austin and I both, and hopefully Matt gets in, we, we should be able to play pretty well there knowing 
Mexico's at altitude. Bogota's at altitude. Like we've, I've got Bogota numbers. I know, I know how far it goes in Bogota. I didn't figure out Quito, Ecuador. Yeah, but are but, you not hitting it a little bit more solid than you were when you uh, played there last? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> You're not definitely. slapping it. In the words yeah. of Harry, I just kind All of slapped slap, it. Yeah, the last time I was in Bogota, we were playing ball up. Sorry to get off, but we were playing ball in hand, and I hit a drive and had. It's you know makes a pitch mark, but ended up in front of it, and I had to carry water, and I was hitting it so poorly, but I was able to move the ball back and put it on the pitch mark, and I, it was hanging on it, and I hit that shot so fast. I hit a great shot. I hit it to like fifteen feet, made the putt. Love it. Meant to miss the cut by a million, but it was you know it, it happens. No, I think I think all of us we've kind of developed because we went and did Latin America or just did mini tour golf in general. So many guys, you know, the, the Jordan speech of the world, no offense, but they, it, it wasn't given to him because he earned the starts he had, but it was easier for him. He had the ability to do that. I think if the guys could get out onto the PGA tour and, and be guaranteed seven, eight starts, whatever it is, they, a lot of guys have a chance to get their tour card. If it happened more often, more guys would get their card, but it doesn't. And, there aren't people that earn them the way that Jordan did. He earned them and then he took advantage of them. So for us, you know, going through this and going through the lower levels, I think we kind of, you know, develop a chip on our shoulder and take that to the web next year. Hopefully all three of us graduate again and we do this here. That'd be a you good, know, another yeah, 365 days. Yeah, you take one, yeah. one, one seven, and, and then we go and, and then we try to find a chip on our shoulder for the PGA tour. Yeah. I think the struggles or not the struggles, but the challenges of the web and the challenges of Latin are part different and part the same. I think the parts that are different is we've outlined a lot of the things that are difficult with the kind of the way of life of countries that we're not from. I think those parts go away as the majority of the web seasons in America. But the part that stays the same is that you're just always going to encounter things, whether it's things people do better than you or things you wish you did better than you currently do. And that the answer is always going to be something that we have to find about ourselves. It's just probably less about how we avoid foreign running water and taxis that are illegal and more about how we work on the weaknesses of our game when we have better resources. But I still think that it's it's about conquering the problems instead of waiting for the problems to disappear for success to arrive. God, Matt is smart. Really, that sounds really, really good. That's an open yeah. education. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to go to SMU or Auburn. Man, I should have. <laughs> I think they touched on all those things that we're going to be looking forward to and challenging on the web next year. But one other little side note, I mean, so just as an experience wise, I mean, Matt's qualified and he's played in the Barbersall PGA Tour event before. Harry's played in a web dot, couple web.com events. I've never played a web event, but I was given a sponsor's exemption to the AT&T Byron Nelson two years ago. And I think all those things, whether it be one, two, three events, you treat those weeks so so special and so unique that you're you're trying to make the most out of it. But I think we're the three type of guys that are going to be able to dig deep and figure out what those guys are doing out there at that level that we need to do at our level right now to surpass them at some point. And yeah, so, I mean, I'm not a lot of people get those opportunities and I know those were, we're very fortunate to have had those, but I think those did play some portion in this year becoming what it was. Yeah. We're lucky at Trinity forest and at Altus to be around people that are better than us or further along than us and see what they do. And, and you guys give tidbits on what they do and what, Oh, Harry, you do this better than so-and-so, but you do not do this better than so-and-so. So let's work on this. I mean, that, that helps. And then, you, and then you go to Latin America where the level is not as good. It's very good, but it's not as good. And you think, you think before you're there that you are one of the best, one of the best players here. And then it, it, it falls on you to prove it. But you know, if you think you're better than 
most everybody usually it's it's over a, over a season it might play out that way and for three of us it, we were fortunate that it played out that way for us we may have touched on in fact we probably have touched on a lot of this uh, previously but to hear myself say i've asked the question is enough for me in the last 365 days is there something that you've learned or changed that's helped you deal with pressure of competitive golf better and or go low because each of you had events this year where it was deep under par, right? In the last in the last year, what's changed? I would say more and more rounds of that. I think you're always going to gain some sort of experience and know that you can be there. But I think it's the belief and the patience for me. I think the biggest thing this whole year, past 365 days, Cameron, is was this a 365 year? I don't know. Or was it a little bit here? I don't know. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> it was we'll, you. We'll find out. We'll find out next year. Um, is wow, you made me lose my train of thought. Damn it! No, is um, been given expectation management, belief, is belief. expectation management, belief, all those things. But a, um, I mean, I've had I had a lot of kind of just one, two under par first rounds to where I kind of put that pressure on myself, and I was behind the eight ball early. Cut's going to be you know four or five under. Friday comes around making cuts. And once I started doing that on the regular, Thursdays became easier. It's like Thursday could be even par and I'm relying on myself. Friday comes around, it's a six, seven under par and I'm right back in the, in the ball game. So you got some win in your sales and, and so allow you to take the, a chill pill and be sec- patient. I won the second event of the year. And I mean, the belief was there. I had won some two day, you know, Adams winter series events, NTPGA events. And then when a national open was, was, you know, not that I didn't believe I could do it, but as the second event of the year kind of set the, set the tone. Yeah. I think one helpful thing I learned and for the people that aren't familiar with how our tour shaped up, I was the lowest, I was the highest money earner that did not win an event. And that we, was, we, we made sure you knew that too. Yeah, no, I, it, it's been people. Yeah, e- I won one late and yeah, we, got, people, we got Gilly for that. Equal amount of people compliment and make fun of me for that. But <laughs> something important I learned and they go together with playing well and going low is this year I learned, although our money, although our tour pays less money than the PGA Tour, the distributions are an equal percentage. There is the same difference between the money that second and third place is as there is from fourth to zero. So what that means is all the money is made, not when you play well, but when you play really well. And so that gave me, that proved to myself that there is no time to ever take your foot off the gas when you're playing well because... All the money is made when you go the lowest. All of the top finishes aren't two fifths; it's one second. And that, that people that don't know that may sound. Who did that math? math? That's an urban education again, right? I'm I'm quoted in an article that says he's the tour's mathematician. He yes, was the one that told me. He was <laughs> the one that told me I, would, I won the money. List. I take full credit telling Harry Higgs no, first like that he won the money list. That was me right here. But yeah, <laughs> piggybacking off that, it's it's. Yeah, it's every single shot will matter at some point. Love it. Every single one. If I'm not the epitome of that, having won How many the money list you by $64. By? $64. I mean, our Austin and I's coach in college, Josh Gregory, said it over and over. Six is better than seven. 77 is better than 78. It literally, every single one of them matters. And throughout the course of a year, however many thousand shots you hit, you're gonna take some shots off. You're gonna you're gonna lollygag here and there. If you do it, if you lollygag less than someone else, you're probably gonna be better. And we're, the three of us are fortunate enough to have information and all this that you guys provide. That if we don't lollygag, we're probably gonna beat people. So eventually, you just get to the point where like, all right, just do it. Like, 
I've always said I'm good enough to win money lists and to play the PGA Tour, and I'm I'm getting a little long in the tooth. I'm 27 now. Like this was the, the year I just had man. to do it, and it took me all year long to do it. But was fortunate to get on a nice run at the end of the year and do it by $64. Every single shot will matter, and that was we messed up. I messed up the other last night when we tried to record this. The one advice I'd give somebody is that yes, every single shot matters regardless of whether it's indoors hitting into a net make it try to make it you can't don't don't be that hard on yourself but try to make it that every single shot you hit throughout your entire golf career will matter I want to bring this up because of what you you mentioned to me uh, yesterday where we talked about you were always optimistic and you always knew and had the confidence. This is, I'm going to be a PJ tour player and that's the goal. And you made the comment to me that it had taken you a little bit longer than what you expected, but you knew that you were going to get there. And so we have a lot of younger players that listen to this and junior golfers. So I want you to take yourself back to the advice that you would give the 13 year old Matt or the 13 year old Harry or 13 year old Austin in hopes that maybe the experience that you guys have gained has can, can kind of be transferred over to someone else that's listening here. Matt, start us out. I think one key thing, for you say 13 for junior golf, uh, my parents get full credit for doing this with me, is uh, 13 is when, especially the good juniors start separating. And a question I got when I was in high school asked by 13-year-olds is, when do I start playing up? And I'm of the opinion to play up, for me, I thought later, get comfortable with winning, get comfortable being around the lead, win a bunch. And once you prove success, then go for more. Because like I gave in a previous answer, right, is it's golf at the higher level ends up being about winning, right? We know who won the green jacket, who finished second three years ago. I don't remember. And so I like proving it, getting nervous, coming out the other side, and I think that's important. Yeah, it. when, when I was 13, I was delusional enough to think that, yeah, I'm going to be a PGA Tour player. I, my interactions with friends is, no, I'm playing the PGA Tour. I'm playing the PGA Tour. If I could tell myself what to do, when I was 13 is, I think it was talk is cheap a little bit back then. Like, go find people that are better than you. Go find information that will help you. And then at 13 or at a younger age, do your darndest to listen to it. Listen to, if you're fortunate enough to have one of these two or somebody out there that is clearly a good a good influence, listen to that influence. At 13, I mean, listen to your parents. I can't. We just talked about it 15 <laughs> yeah, minutes ago. Like, gosh, yeah, my dad was right a lot. I mean, you just like, God, I hate to say it, but he was totally right. right. What about moms? Yeah, yeah well, moms are always right. Moms are always right. Always right. <laughs> but just get the information. But one, the overarching belief, and that I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. But then go out and and check yourself. Get get information. Go play with people that are better than you. Go play. Go figure out what they do. Go try to mirror that. Or if you can't do it, find a way that achieves what they were doing, but in your own way. Yeah, I mean, I was. I had two guys to think about what to say, and I was probably say the same same two things. <laughs> yeah. But you can't go I last mean, to, in this to group. Go, to do to do what uh, what you're doing and keep doing you. I mean, don't be this guy that's a you know a jack of all trades and a master of none. I mean, trying to figure out what you are good at find somebody that knows how to hone it in whether that be a family member or a coach and and keep going with it but for me as a 13 year old i played a ton of sports still basketball and baseball up until i was almost, right until i was 14 so i'd say also just go co-play a bunch of other sports they all help help each each one out somehow so 
you know, if you got a strong grip, go play baseball and hit home runs and start hitting some long draws and drive it further than everybody else. And the next thing you know, you're an athlete. You're, you're an athlete. Way to I mean, it's golf is an athletic sport. So, I mean, why not just be good at everything you can do? Okay. Well, I think that we should do this in 365 days and it should be a different type of graduation that we're celebrating. And I want to give each of you a chance because the cool thing about checking your PGA Tour app on your phone and following you guys, what you have done in the last year is difficult. As we've covered for an hour here, talked about all the things, the travel, the golf, beating everybody. It's been really, really hard. So I know that speaking on behalf of Cameron and myself, it's been really rewarding to watch this as we go and really proud of the fact that we get to have this conversation that you achieved achieved that goal. So so we want other people to follow along too. So whether it be like social media or we are we're we're all gonna yeah, right. We're all gonna yeah, like sorry, came all three of us are spoken like for. A tinder, a tinder handle. If no, that's a no, thing, no, no, tinder, thing. no, 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 not on any of our um, Tinder yeah, stories, sure. but Tinder okay. stories we've heard. Okay, we are going to save that. Already one yep. later time. It would be an X-rated one. Okay. Yes, we will not. Wow. But share the social, just because, first of all, everyone's going to star in their PGA Tour app. Yes. Yes, all three please star all of us. So, Go and hit that exactly. star button. So, but social so people can follow uh, Austin. I'm pretty easy. Just Austin underscore Smotherman. And if you need help spelling, spelling it, it's just S Motherman. Hey, so. <laughs> I bet he said that. How do you get to the underscore? Strong. I've never, never figured out how yeah, to get to the underscore. Who else is Smotherman? You hit the little button in the yeah, bottom you gotta left. you got to hit the dash once or hold the dash down. Or something dash. Something. Dash. Only, only us cool kids know how to do it. And those that went to Auburn. <laughs> For the old man, the gray-haired guy in the group, it's Harry Higgs, H-I-G-G-S, 1991, the year I was born, the year of greatness. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Matt Gilchrist AU on everything at for Auburn University fantastic signing off here Alts Performance Trinity Forest Golf Club we're uh, thankful that you joined us and thankful to have the presence of you three uh, soon to be PGA2 members yes. you guys, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you, you guys are the best <laughs> thank you Thanks very much for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about Altus Performance, go check out altusperformance.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Team Altus and Instagram at Altus Performance. Also, thanks to Cordy Walker for his wonderful production work on this and coming episodes of Earn Your Edge.